1991. Welcome to episode two of season one, the 90s. American Timelines. American Timelines. Uh, this episode uh, will cover 1991. The wonderful 1991. 1991 was a great year. I'm uh, Amy, by the way. And I'm Grover Cleveland. No, Steamer. that's Joe. I'm Joe. Yes. Grover Cleveland. Steamer. No. Uh, this is 1991. Tell uh, me about some of the things about 1991, honey. 1991. Let's see some of the crazy things. Um, number one, you you graduated high school in 1991. I am did. I correct? Am yes, I right? I did. Um, I was. Uh, I started playing football, and my freshman year, we our team was the SLL, the Suburban Lakes League champions in football. We were like eight and two, the best team ever, and everybody's like, "All these little guys." <laughs> my coach used to say, "We're not only small, but we're slow too." All right. What else? You don't care about football? So I was a freshman. I was just entering high school. Amy was just finishing high school. Yes. So those of you who who have problems with an older lady dating a younger man, deal with it. That's right. Amy is really old, and I'm really young and gorgeous. That's right. And she looks like one of the Golden Girls. All right. What else happened? Gladly bang. I'm kidding. You're beautiful. Uh Thank you, honey. Beautiful, honey. honey. But you're like the same age as Tammy Zatoff. All right. Who was Let's a senior when I was a freshman? <laughs> okay, 1991. Uh, you want me to name some other people that no. were in my cl- no. <laughs> at Northwood High School? What else occurred in 1991? <laughs> getting mad. Because <laughs> I, I mentioned Tammy Zatal one time. She gets mad. What? 1991. We need to give credit where credit is due. Some of our info comes straight from popculture.us. What? 1991. Politics, the USSR dissolved in 1991. That's a big deal. Did you know that? Mikhail Gorbachev resigned. Boris Yeltsin took leadership in Russia. I remember Drank a lot of vodka. Yeah. I recall that. I do. Uh, Because it was a big deal because all the maps were wrong. We all of our classroom maps said USSR right. up in that big region, and then they had to recall all of them and put it back to Russia. It seems like that took forever. Yeah. I don't know if that ever happened in Northwood. I think they're still looking. They at still US. say USSR. Probably. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> my cousin. He teaches there. Uh, top song of the year was Brian Adams. You want to guess what song? Uh, oh God, no. You know it's true. Oh, God, yes. Everything I do. I do it for you. That was from a movie, though, wasn't it? Robin Hood. Robin Hood. That's what I thought. Yes. Or The Three Musketeers. No, it was definitely Robin Hood. Didn't he do a song for Three Musketeers? My friend Chris too? worked at the movie theater. and we I thought you it. worked at the movie theater. I did, too, but this was a different. This was a classy movie theater he worked oh, at. Chris Cudahy? Yep. I love Chris Cudahy. Shout out to Chris Cudahy if you're listening. Call in. Call into the show, Chris. Call in. <laughs> All right, what else happened? Okay. Uh... Hello, Chris Cuddy. Uh Big movies that year were Terminator 2, Robin Hood, just like we were talking about, which is the song from that song is yep. from that movie. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Angelina Jolie and no. Kevin Costner. Angelina Jolie was in that? No. <laughs> I'm just making gonna, it up. Oh. Uh, Robin Hood was, no who was it, Brad Pitt? I don't know. No, it was Kevin Costner. No. Yeah, it was. I, I'm pretty I was sure. joking that it was I'm Kevin Costner. I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Costner. He was in Robin Hood too? I think he was. He was in everything. I got to Google that. That can't be Kevin Costner. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was the other big one. I guess that was the cartoon version of Disney. There's no way Robin Hood was Kevin Costner. It had to be he like... was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, great. We're doing a voice thing. Well, I can't type no, right he, now. It's got to be like Nicolas Cage <laughs> or something. Please don't tell me that was Kevin Costner. It was. It was right. It was Kevin Costner? Yep, he's on the movie poster. And Robin Hood? Robin Hood, Prince Who of Thieves. Who did he play? He, Robin Hood. 
Oh. And who, Alan Rickman played the sheriff it, of Nottingham. Who played Friar Tuck? I'm not. I'm, I'm done with my phone right now. <laughs> You're, who played Friar? Was Friar Tuck? Isn't that Robin Hood's assistant? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Friar Tuck. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Those are the same. I am? Mm-hmm. Boom, I know everything about Friar Tuck. I can't believe you guessed Kevin Costner and then it was I, right. I wasn't trying. I was joking. I, know, I, I know. was actually making a That's joke that it was Kevin Costner. I didn't think it really was. It was. Well, that was so stupid. Yep. Remember that bar called Friar Tuck's in Chicago? All right, keep going. God damn. 1991. Minimum wage in 1991. Do you want to guess what it was? I think I know because I put that paper together. Oh, idiot. I actually remember because I got my first job around this time. So this is what it was when I started minimum wage at Murray's Auto Parts on Woodville Road in Northwood. Okay, well, I was getting paid four twenty-five an hour. That's right. Yep. That's, was, that ain't nothing. What is it now? Is it, it's eight something. I thought I moved up to ten. It depends. It might depend on where you live. Boy, 425 we're, we're very lucky that we don't know. A mysterious hum started being heard by many, not all, residents in Tau Dow, New Mexico. Yes, I looked this up because I thought that was really cool. So, I never heard of that. So it was this strange hum that it, it turned out it was only like 2% of the population that heard it. But if there's, you know, I mean, that's still a lot of people. Not if there's four people. Oh, that's true. But um, that's one guy. And they, they ruled out tinnitus and they ruled out like machinery and anything like from factories or anything around it that was atmospheric. It just started being heard and yeah. it's been heard from now on? Like it's been heard, is. it's been heard, yeah, off and on ever since. It, they can't, they don't know what it is though. They still haven't figured it out. Um, mm. Some people say it could be like psychological, like a mass hysteria type thing. Wow. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Never heard of that. Well, they talk about how they weaponize sound like our country weaponizes sound and oh, they, during yeah. during riots and stuff. Yeah, you heard about that whole thing with the uh, yep, the Cuban everybody's deaf that was in that hotel. You heard about that? No, it just came out this past year. No, uh, Cuba. A lot of uh, there's a whole group of American people that were staying in Cuba, and the Cuban government uh, deafened everyone. You oh my about god! That? No, oh, that's like eight different dudes from the Ohio uh, the. Ohio. The United States government are deaf and have hearing. How damage. did they deafen people? It's some kind of frequency that they blasted. They weaponized. And sound. you couldn't hear it. It was like so conscious or yeah, something? Yeah, it was while they were sleeping. They woke up the next oh day. Oh, my God. That's yeah. bizarre. You didn't hear about that? It was no, all I got to look that up now. Man. I, know I don't tr- watch the news. I, I just know. stopped. Donald, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump has, has made me stop watching. I can't. I really can't. Robin Leach made you stop doing that. I cannot. It's... It's Isn't that weird? Depressing. A guy from Robin Leach, Lifetimes of the Rich and Famous, is yep. now the president. Yep. Sex on lifestyles of the rich and famous. It makes me physically ill. 1991. The World Series champions in 1991 were the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Kirby Puckett uh, is uh, is the big hero, just so you know. Oh, Kirby okay. Puckett of Minnesota. I only know that because I'm a Vikings fan. That's but right. they were talking about the other day when that miracle catch happened. That has surpassed the greatest thing ever is Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett. Now it hasn't. a home run. And the Super Bowl champions that year were the New York Giants. Uh, they beat the probably the Buffalo Bills because they were there like four years in a row. But the NFC Championship game was epic because we watched. Oh, I just said epic. It's epic. I hate it. I do that. too. It was of epic proportions. I like saying yeah. that better. Uh, because they beat Joe Montana. And I remember being up north at the cottage, and all of us kids hated Joe Montana. We're sick of him. They were like, yeah, die, Joe Montana. We loved watching him get crushed. And my grandma felt bad for him because everybody was me. knocking him. So she stood me. up for him and was like, I'm rooting for Joe Montana for the rest of this game. 1991. 
On January 8th of 91, a 16-year-old high school student named Jeremy Wade Dell Mm -hmm. shot himself in front of his English class. Oh, my God. The event became the inspiration for the Pearl Jam song, Jeremy. Jeremy Spoken I love that song. <laughs> yeah, that was right around this time. All right. That's, that's why that. he did. That's why he, that he wrote about that. I didn't know that was a true thing. I didn't either. Oh, man. And, and that again, we're back to this thing about, uh, you know, there's a school shooting every single day nowadays, and we hear about it. We all know about it, but it was, hap- it was happening then. We yeah, just never heard. We just didn't hear as much. So it did happen. Um, the New York Appellate Court ruled that a person can break their real estate purchase contract if they discover that they have unwittingly bought a haunted house. I love that. That's cool. I think that is hysterical. I, I know you always. <laughs> I want to now. <laughs> I want to look up like who's who has successfully gotten out of a contract <laughs> or what what case started that. Yeah, you're the only woman I ever met. We've bought two houses together, and you <laughs> like, have oh. said several times at closings of a house <laughs> that it. Somebody is legally required to tell you if somebody died in the house. <laughs> like you look a lawyer and a, a real estate agent in the eye and said, "What is it in the paperwork? Did anybody die in that house?" And they looked at you like you're an idiot. And you actually you said, "It's." I understand it's legally required for somebody to tell you if somebody died in the house. No, if somebody was murdered in the house. Somebody was murdered. Or or it was a haunted house. If, yeah, if it's a is it haunted? <laughs> Uh, because if somebody died there, it's haunted. Uh, is it in the paperwork anywhere? Where's the haunting clause? Uh, I'm married to a wackadoodle. What's next? Kentucky Fried Chicken officially changed its name to... KFC. Yeah. No, they changed its name to KFC. Conspiracists claim that I still call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't go there. I never. I, I don't know the last time I went there. It's not there. called Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, it's, it's KFC. Just KFC. It's yeah, since ninety one. Conspiracists claim that it was because they weren't selling actual chickens, but some kind of cloned headless chicken bodies. I remember those stories. The original name was shortened, so it would be little, no longer be false advertising. According to them, uh, that might be right. Yeah. I believe that. That it's not chickens. Yeah, I could see how it's probably some other thing gross some other bird or dog or cat yuck it's freaking delicious though man but it's no chick-fil-a i have to say yeah i underestimated the people of the south i didn't know they didn't know about chick-fil-a i didn't know yeah uh chick-fil-a is delicious it's freaking life-changing i mean (laughs) they are nazis who kill all gays and i still buy from them because it's so delicious (laughs) i know it's sad Uh, i'm sorry no morals uh, maybe they're not that bad, but I don't care what they do. Honestly, yeah. you can do whatever you want. Just keep giving me that chicken and that delicious sauce. It's, do whatever. I, know. I don't care. It's awesome. 1991. Comedian Red Fox suffered a fatal heart attack on the set. Oh, man. I didn't know that happened while on the set. No one came to his aid because they all thought he was, he doing, was doing his, his Elizabeth. Classic, I'm coming, Elizabeth. Yep. Fake heart attack routine from Sanford and Son. Red Fox was the greatest. Yeah, he was. Um, he was very funny. <laughs> he was hysterical. You fat bitch. You blind motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Maurice Kraft, a French volc- volcanologist, volcanologist, volcano expert, Yeah, was filmed saying, I am never afraid because I have seen so many eruptions in 23 years that even if I die tomorrow, I don't care. He was killed during an eruption the very next Jeez. day. June 3rd, 1991, alongside his wife on Mount Unzen in Japan. What? So he had to just go uh, up to volcanoes while they were erupting all the time? Yeah, th- for 23 years. Jeez. Apparently. Why would you pick that job? 
Uh, he was a volcanologist, man. I thought at first that it, you meant somebody that that likes Star Trek. Vulcans. Volcan- yeah. That's why I should say volcano. Volcanoologist. Volcanoologist. Volcanologist. Volcanoologist. 1991. Oh, remember last episode we had an airplane celebrity death? Yes. We have another one oh, every year. Who's there's an airplane celebrity death. Who died in an airplane? 1991. An airplane celebrity death is Senator John Hines. He's a celebrity? Yeah, he was covered in Hines ketchup. Man. On the airplane. He died on the airplane. That's the celebrity death. You know... Every time I, I'm on an airplane, I always wonder, if this goes down, is there any celebrities on board? <laughs> That'll be the celebrity death. You, you always think or, that? Yeah. 1991. Bill Gates borrowed a business book in 1991 called Business Adventures by John Brooks, from War- and he borrowed it from Warren Buffett, and he never returned it. What an asshole. <laughs> Warren Buffett still pissed. It's so newsworthy. Apparently this website is <laughs> run by Warren Buffett, and he's still pissed about that yeah, book. He's, he's, like, he's like, I'm putting that in here, God damn it. Damn it. Turn my book. <laughs> uh, uh, soup in the Super Bowl, nineteen ninety one Super Bowl XXV, mm-hmm. which is twenty five, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, New Kids on the Block or the halftime show. Oh, and they were. Oh, this was the first time that they replaced the marching band. Yeah, or that it wasn't. Yeah. It used to be marching bands, and this is the first year it was a pop rock music performance. New um, Kids on the Block was the first one. That's right. And now we have Pink and all these other jackasses and Bruno Mars and all that crap and the boob like the little, boob little gate. do they know that new kids on the block would lead to the boob to the boob gate the boob halftime show that's right ah, there should be more halftime shows with boobs uh <laughs> oh the xfl's coming back did you hear about I, that? I did hear about that speaking of boobs of the super bowl it's every halftime show is gonna be a, a porno stripper oh porno just a giant <laughs> but you were gonna do stripper you went full-blown porno <laughs> just a porno 1991 Marshall Ledbetter blockaded himself in the Florida State Capitol building and demanded, among other things, a large Gumby's pizza, weed, 666 <laughs> donuts, $100 worth of Chinese food, and a phone call with Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> he was caught with none of his demands met. No, I wouldn't think so. Except for the call with Ice Cube. The phone call for it with Ice Cube. Oh, that's the best part of it. Yep, it is. <laughs> ice Cube. As soon as I said that, uh, I want a phone call with Ice Cube. I was weird. It's like, it reminds me of that. There's a pizza. scene and there's a scene in that. What's it called? Quick Change or it's a Bill Murray movie yeah. where he's a criminal and at the beginning he does that. Six hundred sixty-six donuts. Just trying to be hundred dollars worth of Chinese food. Do you think he asked for a hundred dollars worth of Chinese food or he just said, "I want some Chinese food. I want." Egg he like named young. everything on the on the menu. I want twenty-five egg foo I want twelve poo-poo platters. I want. <laughs> just keeps going. It costs a hundred bucks. And then get Ice Cube on the phone. 1991. A man found a first printing of the Declaration of Independence inside the frame of a $4 painting he'd bought at a flea market in Adamstown, PA. It Mm. sold at auction for $2.4 million. Oh, my God. What a lucky dude that was. Yeah. That's crazy. That's some antiques roadshow shit. The main villains of the movie Psycho from 1960, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, and The Silence of the Lambs of 1991... We're all loosely based on the same person. Yes. Wisconsin serial killer Ed Gein. 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 That's how you say it. Oh, gynecologist is not spelled right? Nope. Ed Gein. Silence of the Lambs won the big five Oscar Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, yep. and Best Writing for Kevin Costner was the lead. <laughs> no. Kevin Costner was all those parts. He directed it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was all those Actress, things. he wrote it. I Kevin think it was Costner. like one of the few times ever that they 
won it. They swept it. They swept the Oscars. Must have been. Kevin Costner's one talented man. Yeah. And he also starred in Psycho, Texas Chainsaw That's right. Oscar. All of those. And Andy, Andy was Ed Gein. Maybe we should just do a Kevin Costner podcast. Yeah, that's a good on. idea. A, a, a Kevin Costner appreciation I'll, cast. I'll barf too much. I barf from happiness. <laughs> 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 only three, only three films that have won all the five awards. awards. Yeah, those films. Only three films won. You said it was really rare. Spouting off of the mouth, like you know. Well, the only oh. three other films have ever won it. Ever, and they were. You want to guess them? No. One flew, flew over, over the, the cuckoo's, cuckoo's nest, nest. in nineteen seventy-five. Of course, Silence of the Lambs, nineteen ninety-one, and the first one was It Happened One Night, nineteen thirty-four. Liz Taylor married hubby number seven, Larry Fortensky, Ooh. at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. They met. They married a, at Michael Jackson's yeah, Neverland Michael Jackson's Ranch. Neverland Ranch, and they met in a rehab center. Nice. Or it'd be better if they met at Michael Jackson's Neverland, Neverland Ranch. Neverland Ranch married. married yeah, the rehab, rehab center. center. That would. Yep, yeah, Liz Taylor is the best. Yep. I remember that all over the cover of like People magazine and stuff. And why, like. What's Michael Jackson's deal? Uh, I'm gonna hang out with Brooke Shields, Webster, and I know Liz Taylor. Well, what was his deal? That was the least of his worries. Yeah, but just like the random things about him were crazy. Yeah, I hope he never raped anyone. Yeah, me too. Cost of the Super Bowl ad in 1991. Yo, that's what all anyone cares about. This is the moment. To the cost of a Super Bowl ad in 1991. Everyone's so excited. Are you ready? $800,000. Bargain. You can't afford not to. It's $5 million these days. Yeah. Y'all. Because everybody watches the Super Bowl. $5 million. I think it was 700000 in ninety. So that's a, that's a big jump. Yeah, it is. In one year. Cosmonaut Sergei Krikalev, Krikalev, nope, Krikalev. I don't know. Launched into right. space as a Soviet citizen, but returned to Earth as a Russian citizen. Oh, because he, he was, was up in, there. Yeah, he was in orbit when the Soviet Union dissolved on December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. He also had three scrotums. <laughs> Let's not say that. He may have though. He probably did. You don't know. Some people have three scrotums. Nineteen ninety one. Unsung hero. Tim Berners-Lee came up with the idea of making links on his own computer, then others creating the information mine, called TIM, later renamed the World Wide Web. He, wow. renounced pat he renounced patent rights because it would have scuppered the whole thing. It would have never taken off. Wow, that was nice of him. Tim Berners-Lee created the damn Internet. And Al Gore always takes credit for Al it. Al Gore, he probably killed Tim Berners-Lee. Yeah, he probably did. Old TBL. The cool kids were listening to Nirvana's Nevermind album. Oh, yeah. That That's, one of my favorites. I still listen to that a lot. I got it as part of one of my BGM record deals or oh, whatever yeah. they used to call it. Remember those? Yep. You could join them, and you could literally get... You get like 25 yeah, CDs 20 for the price of like for, three. For a penny. Yeah. And then you just quit. Yeah, right. And then you, well, you join it a couple weeks later, yeah. you do it again. Yeah, like, that's right. You just quit, and there was no rule. Like, well, no, you had to out. buy like three. At a time, but, but you could join. You could join again with with a different name, and they wouldn't even know. Yeah, you just quit and then join again. Like it didn't matter. Like they they, they totally screwed that up. They no wonder they went out of business. Yeah. What was the other one? There it was, was BGM, BMG, BMG, B and what was the other one? The bigger one. Oh God! Oh, I joined those two. We got so many. CDs. God, I don't remember the name of the bigger one. BMG and what was the other one? God, we'll have to know. look it up. Anyway, uh. That, yeah, that's where you got that album. Yep. Yeah, that was good. Um, very good album. Yeah, my band in high school, we sang one of their songs. We sang um, 
with her lights on this last day. No, it smells like Teen Spirit. But I think some of the other the secondary songs were better. Yeah. Uh, Matt Rock is the greatest guitarist of all time. 1991. Jason Alexander threatened to quit Seinfeld in the third season. Oh. After the table read of The Pen, which features only Jerry and Elaine. Alexander pulled Larry David aside and said, if you write me out again, do it permanently. In nine seasons, that was the only episode he wasn't in. Oh. Man. Yeah, that, it took some balls. Uh, 1991's most popular gifts. Oh, let's hear them. Sega Game Gear, Super Nintendo Entertainment Systems, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys and action figures, Rollerblade Barbie. I remember her. You really do? Oh yeah, I loved Rollerblade Barbie. You were too old, honey. I know you're right. I love. You I still love Barbies. In high school. I still love Barbies. Like you were on your way to college and you were playing Barbies. I wasn't playing with the Barbies, but like my cousins had Barbies, and I remember the commercials for the Barbies. Oh, so you I, like mi- the I admired them from afar. You didn't play with Rollerblade Barbie. I never played with Rollerblade Barbie, but I, I remember the commercial and I remember enjoying it. This is when Super Soakers were big. Super Soaker Water Gun, Connects, and Mist. M-Y-S-T, I'm not sure what that is, but Mm-mm. I remember my cousins, I think, had Connects. Like, it was like Lego. Yeah, they still like make Lego, Connects. But Connects. Uh, video games, this is when Sonic the Hedgehog came out. That was big. Something called Lemmings, I don't know what that is, but Sonic the Hedgehog, I remember. That's when I realized I'm not good at video games. I just can't. I can never get past the second level. Like, just like, it's too hard. Like, where's Pac-Man? Even that was hard. I suck yeah, at him. So frustrating. Like, why do I want to be frustrated? I want to spend my time being frustrated. I by hated all those video games, too. You're just I'm not good at them. Um, God, I just remember like throwing the controller all the time and crying. Yeah, that's like, where Henry gets it. Yeah, I do that. All right, what's next? 1991. The big movies, 1991, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. That was a good movie. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Blech. We already talked about that. Starring Kevin Costner. Yeah. Also, who's also in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. No. Beauty and the Beast, starring Kevin Costner's voice as all the characters. Yep. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, one of my favorite movies. Starring Kevin Costner. I love that movie. You haven't seen that movie, have you? Uh, you made me watch like 25 times. Oh, I did? I'm sick of it and I never liked and it. We're watching it again tonight. I'm not watching it ever again. Damn it, we're watching it tonight. City Slickers, starring Kevin Costner. City Slickers. And Hook. I saw City Slickers, I think, in the movie. Yeah. Around this time, my parents had gotten divorced a couple years before that, and my dad would take us to movies like on the weekends we were with my dad. So like, you always saw him. I think he just had, didn't know what else to do, so we had to see stupid movies my dad wanted to see. So he wanted, oh, let's go city. see City Slickers. That's right. Let's go see it. It was all right, but yeah, it was great. And Hook. Did I say Hook already? Yes. Starring Kevin Costner. Uh, 1991, the most popular TV. 60 Minutes. God, what a great show. <laughs> Roseanne. I love Roseanne. I, sometimes with 60 Minutes, I play with my morally safer action figures from 60 All Minutes. All right, keep going. Roseanne on ABC. Yep. Murphy Brown, mm-hmm. CBS. Yes. That's supposed to be coming back, too. Murphy Brown. Oh, yeah, that's back. right. So it's Roseanne. Cheers on NBC. Now, I want that to come back. Yeah. Cheers. Home Improvement and Designing Women. I never was into Home Improvement. Well, I never understood Tim, it. Yeah, Tim. Tim Allen. Allen. Killed a man in Detroit or something. Yeah. Designing women who's on crack. Who's like crack salesman? Designing women I never liked. So. I always liked them. You did? Mm-hmm. I love that show. Designing women? Yeah, it was great. God, I never. Dixie uh, Carter was the bomb. She uh, always had like a speech that was real sassy and get to the point. She was awesome. It was just I had nothing to. Like, why would you like it? Yeah, I guess why would I like it? Designing women. I never cared about that show. The, on that lineup with Designing Women was the 930. The, yeah. 
that night there were two guys with mustaches, Evening Shade <laughs> and uh, Major that. Dad. Yes, that's right. Uh, something else in Designing Women. I can't remember. But empty Nest. Empty Nest and Designing Women. Isn't I think so, it? yeah. Isn't that funny that we remember that? Empty Nest I was into. Oh. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Well, I'll go into your stupid um, bullshit, whatever it is. On July 22nd, 1991. Yeah. There were these two police officers in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and wait, they were driving wait, wait. around. Let's set the scene. July 22nd. The 1991. Top. On the radio was Brian Adams. Yep. Jesus Jones, right here, right now. Oh, yeah. Or EMFs, unbelievable. And so the cops are driving around um, this high crime area in um, Milwaukee, and it was real hot that night, around midnight, as they're in their car. They see this short, little wiry black man with a handcuff dangling from his wrist and just walking no he's running he's and they running. assume that he's escaped from another policeman so they ask him what he was doing and he starts to pour out this tale about this weird dude who put this cuff on him in his apartment and um this man turned out to be 32 year old tracy edwards they they first they thought oh it's just some gay couple being weirdos like they used to think back then right and um it just they, got off the list they thought they ought to check out this man that had cuffed Edwards who lived at the Oxford Apartments at 924 North 25th Street. The door to apartment 213 was opened by this nice-looking 31-year-old blonde man. He was very calm and rational and offered to go get the key to the handcuffs that were in his bedroom. And then Edwards remembered that there, the knife that he was threatened with was in the bedroom. So he starts saying, don't. Don't let him go in there. The knife's in there. And so one of the officers decides to go in the bedroom himself and notices a bunch of photos lying around um, that contain pictures of dismembered human bodies, skulls in the refrigerator. When he uh, got himself together after he peed himself, probably, he yelled to his partner to cuff the man and place him under arrest. Uh, this Holy crap. This man that was at first this rational man suddenly turns on him and fights off the one cop the other's trying to cuff him and then when the one subdues him the other one goes to the refrigerator and opens it that's right i remember this from the movie is what and I he I shrieks he loudly at the face that's staring out at him and he slams the door and yells there's a fucking head in the refrigerator a fucking head in the refrigerator so the, i was going to stay home tonight on monday night and watch evening shade major yes, dad right. murphy brown and designing women which were on that night so Funny we're talking about that they, but no now there's a head in the fridge they arrest him and they go through the apartment and they see um, it's a small one-bedroom flat, and it was neat and clean, especially for a bachelor. Ugh. And his pet pet fish were very well cared for. The fish tank was clean. But uh, the smell of decomposition was overwhelming, which is why I... But not till they opened the fridge? No, I guess it was always there. But to me, police should know what that smell is. The freezer had three more heads in it, stored neatly in plastic bags. Ugh. And then there's a door that leads to the bedroom, bedroom closet and bath, which had been outfitted with a deadbolt lock. Um, so this reporter that was on the scene said that in the back of the closet there was a metal stock pot that contained decomposed hands and a penis. Ugh. And on the shelf above the kettle were two skulls. Also in the closet, containers of ethyl alcohol, chloroform, and formaldehyde, along with some glass jars holding male genitalia preserved in formaldehyde. Why? Photo, what was he going to do with those? Pol Polaroid photos taken by Dahmer at various stages of his victim's deaths. So obviously this is about Jeffrey Dahmer. Is Jeffrey what we're talking Dahmer. About. This was 1991. One of the Polaroids showed a man's head with the flesh still intact lying in a sink. Another showed a victim cut open from the neck to the groin like a deer gutted. 
Um, some of them were his victims before murdered in various erotic and bondage poses. The police, the county medical examiner, the media, families of the missing young men, the entire city of Milwaukee, and the whole world tried to understand what had really happened in apartment 213. Yeah, Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was an American serial killer and a sex offender. He murdered 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Now, he was a known sex offender before yes. he murdered them? Yes. Um, the majority of the murders occurred between 1987 and 1991. Wait, where did this happen? Wisconsin? Yes. Where in Wisconsin? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So his murders Packer involved fans. rape, dismemberment, necrophilia, and cannibalism. Um, he was born in West Allis, Wisconsin. Uh, Joyce Annette and Lybel Herbert Dahmer, who was an analytical chemist. And he had a brother named David. He was okay? And he was okay. What's going on with him? So Jeffrey was a normal child. Um, uh, he had a hernia at one point that... Oh, that explains it. They, he, <laughs> his, his, they said his personality changed after that. Really? He got real withdrawn and uncommunicative. Because of his hernia? I guess. A hernia does that? And he didn't have any interest in hobbies or social interactions. Um, he biked around his neighborhood looking for dead animals, which he dissected at home or in the woods near his home. In one instance, he put a dog's head on a stake. So there's uh, some early warning signs going on here. Because uh, of that hernia. Though, yeah. Um, when he went to high school, he was an outcast. He w- became kind of a cult figure among some of his classmates. Because you don't he would, mean he was Andre 3000? No, I don't. Um, he he was, was an outcast. He began drinking in his teens. He was an alcoholic by the time... His Wait high school graduation. So he was an outcast, but he started what? Getting a following? He got a, started getting a cult following because he would make fun of his mother's interior decorator who was who had cerebral palsy. Uh, that That's how you get a cult following? I guess. That's what it says. That's what I read. Oh, great guy. So then his parents divorced in 77. Uh, he went to Ohio State University but dropped out after one quarter. Oh, he's an Ohio State and a Packer yeah, that's right. fan. Um, so one night... He was in uh, 1978. He was driving back to his mother's when he picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks. The two of them go back to Jeffrey's to drink some beer and smoke some pot. And that seems that Jeff must have really liked Steve because when Hicks said that it was time that he headed home, Dahmer decided he didn't want his new friend going anywhere. So he picked up a weightlifting dumbbell and struck Hicks in the back of the head and then strangled him. Uh, he then dragged the body into the crawl space under the house where it stayed for a few days. Uh. Eventually, the smell became strong, so he went down and cut the remains into pieces, placing them in small plastic bags, and then threw the bags in the bushes behind the house. That's how it started. Yeah. After a while, he began to worry about the neighborhood kids digging up the remains, so he dug them up and smashed the bones into pieces, which he scattered around the woods. So that was his first kill. And then over the next nine years, he was able to control any urges to kill again. So the 70s was his first kill. Yeah. Huh? So for and then in nine years, he, he didn't do any. Uh, so he joined the United States Army for what? shortly. Um, he they lasted f- only a couple of years because he... I forgot to ask, did you kill any dudes yeah. and chop them up into pieces? Well, his alcoholism made him drop out. Uh, and then um, after his military career ended, he decided he was a homosexual. Uh, um, became a regular at Milwaukee's gay bars. Uh, he was arrested for flashing his penis at two 12-year-old boys in a park and then masturbating. Well, that's <laughs> standard now. Yeah, that's really. every, other, every actor in Hollywood does that Apparently. Now. He was placed on probation until September 9th, 1987 for the incident. And then just six days after his probation ended, he yeah, started probation for again. masturbating from children? That's yeah, all I get? I guess. Probation? I know. Don't do that again. Stop <laughs> doing that. Stop, stop it. Stop it. 
Hey, guy who maybe will murder a bunch of people and eat their bodies. Well, they don't know that Stop yet. Stop jacking off for kids. So That's it. They just probation. So just six days after the probation ended, he starts to kill again. So on September 15th, 1987, he spent the day drinking at a gay bar named Club 219 and met up with a gay man named Steve Tuomi. Steve Tuomi, y'all. It's Steve Tuomi in the house. They ch- hey. Stop. He's a victim. Oh. Oh, he killed him? Oh, shit. They, Sorry. But they I was just like chatted <laughs> with each other for a few hours and eventually left together. They went to a hotel and rented a room. And then Steve Tuomi was so cool. Dahmer claims he can't remember what happened once they got to the hotel, only that he drank a lot. And he wasn't even sure if they had had sex or anything. But when he woke up, Tuomi was dead. Uh, And it it was like he beat him up and strangled him. So he thinks he blacked out. Yeah. After this, he went out and bought a large suitcase, which he then stuffed the body inside. Caught a taxi back to Grandma's house with the suitcase with the body in it. Back to his Grandma's house? Yeah, he lived with his Grandma in the basement. Uh, had a suitcase with a body in it. And he gets Steve Twelve. Then he gets in a cab. Is in his ca- guys. Steve, will you help me with the suitcase? Can you see that? Steve. That's a heavy suitcase. Oh, it probably smells like it's got to smell terrible. I know. Once there, once he gets to Grandma's, he cuts up the body and puts it pieces in the garbage bags and puts it out by the curb with the rest of the day's trash. Oh my God! So oh my he God. didn't even. He, you know, somebody found that in the garbage. I don't know. Like, what is it? Whose foot? Jen, then on Look at this nipple. Then on January sixteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. He approached a young male prostitute named James Dockstader, who was 14. A young male prostitute, 14-year-old yep. male prostitute. 14. And he offered James money to make a video with him. Oh. So Dockstader agrees, so he took him home to... He the, had to have money to make a video in 1988. I know. So uh, Jeff took him home to his basement room at Grandma's. Then he gave him a sleeping drug, and once he passed Bill out... Cosby style. Yep, he strangled him once he passed out. And then he stripped the body of all his flesh using acid. And smashed up the bones with a sledgehammer. If only he had been on picture pages, he would have got away with it. <laughs> I think that was seventies. I don't think picture pages was nineties. No, I'm just saying. Bill Cosby <laughs> got away with it. We oh, because Big Cosby. We don't care that he drugs everybody because he was on picture pages. That's right. That's true. If he hadn't been on picture pages, he'd be in jail. But picture pages <laughs> are great. Talking about. So yeah. then on March. That's Fat Albert. On March 24th, 1988. Picture pages, picture pages. Time it. to get your crayons and your pencils. Stop it. Sorry. On March 24th, 1988, he met Richard Guerrero at a bar called the Phoenix. Wait a minute. In 88, that's when Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the Royal, the first ever Royal Rumble. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, Guerrero was broke. Eddie Guerrero? No, Richard Guerrero. So Jeff offered him some money if he'd come back to his place and make a video. Mm. So Guerrero agrees. Video. Uh, Once they go back to Dahmer's apartment, they have oral sex, and then Jeff offers him a drink, and Richard accepts. (laughs) Shortly after passing out, Richard was strangled, dismembered, and disposed of. How did he dispose of him? So about this, no, I don't know. About this time, Grandma starts to worry about the smell coming from the basement. Because this is all when he's living at Grandma's house. I think house. my grandson needs to start using deodorant. When she <laughs> I think he's of age. I should buy him some old spice. So Peggy? She, Peggy, <laughs> you wouldn't believe the smell. So when Peggy, she tells... Peggy, it's, it's bad, Peggy. She tells Lionel, Dad, uh, he goes down and he inspects the room and he finds a black sticky residue. Wait, who's Lionel? He's the chemist, the dad. Jeffrey's dad, Lionel. Oh, came over to Grandma's house. Yeah, to inspect the room. Lionel? He got, it a, smells so bad. I talked to Peggy about it. It smells terrible. Go down there, Lionel. So, so he goes down and what? He finds this black sticky residue similar to what acid does to flesh. What's all this? And he's a chemist, so he kind of oh. knows. So he oh, so questions like, this. Hmm, what is this substance yes. that I'm oddly familiar with as a chemist? So he questions his son about this, and then Jeff says he was experimenting with animals. 
Jeff, what are you so, doing? So, you know, Lionel never gave a shit what Jeff did. What are you doing, he Jeff? He this. didn't bother worrying uh, about I it. I just some animals, Dad. But know. Grandma was done. She didn't get. She didn't care what he was doing. She said, get out. So Peggy Peggy and I talked about it, and you need to go. The yeah. ladies from Bunko are going to just die when they smell. You get out of here. I can't take this anymore with the dead animals. And the Lionel, you get him out of here, Lionel. So <laughs> he gets his own place. And yeah. just 24 hours after moving into his new apartment, he was in trouble with the police because he, you know, had conned a Laotian boy named Laotian. Keyson Synthesomophone, <laughs> who was a, 13. That's, not, that's a fake name. That's definitely right. That's not. Um, he was Synthesomophone. He was 13, and, and he, he conned him into coming up to his apartment. And then once there, he drugged and molested him, but the boy escaped. So he reported to the police. God, poor kids from Laos. They come here seeking a new life, and then Jeffrey Dahmer molests them all. God, come here to USA and get molested by a Wisconsinite. The thing that's interesting about Dahmer, too, is that almost all serial killers will only kill within their own race. And he almost exclusively killed, like, Asian, Pacific, and black people. So he only killed other races. Yeah, he did. And you said except most, for the except for the hitchhiker, the the very first one the first was a white. One. But you say white most guy. most serial killers almost all kill their own race yeah, only. Yeah, that's right. Huh. So I wonder why that is? So um, the boy reports it to the police, and he was charged with sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. And he Man. got a week in jail before getting released on bail. Back then, you could do you oh could rape God. anybody. Well, he hasn't been sentenced yet. He so he. On January 30th, 1990, he was found guilty, but sentenced oh, wouldn't the, take place for another four of months. molesting the child. Yeah. Oh. So then still. on March 25th, 1990, he met Anthony Sears. Oh, what date? March 25th, 1990. Okay, we're not going to need one yet. Okay. Um, at a gay bar. Took him back to Grandma's. Because well, he meanwhile, the police Eileen were watching, Warnos is on the loose because uh, that was from the last right. episode. So he took his back to the Grandma's house because he assumed the police were watching his apartment. And so once there, they had sex, and afterward, Dahmer made him a drink, murdered him, decided to keep the skull as a trophy. So Grandma just can't win. She just, well, she's he keeps coming back. I Peggy, I think he's in my house. I smell it, Peggy. So then at his sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes sentencing on May 23rd, yeah. he pleaded with the judge for leniency, saying he was an alcoholic and a homosexual with sexual problems. And the judge decided to sentence him to five years probation and one year in a halfway house so he could uh. continue... To work, so Whoa. great Little did job, he know judge. He was murdering. So after serving it's his time, it's because he's white. In, I bet if he was black, that wouldn't be the case. Yep. After serving his time in the halfway house, he did, rented a place at Oxford Apartments, which is the infamous apartment two thirteen. Oh, this is where he got us. And just two murder. weeks after moving in, um, to the infamous apartment, which has been demolished since this, obviously, he met Ray Smith at Club Two Nineteen. Ray was a newcomer to Milwaukee and seemed to run into the wrong guy at the wrong time. So Jeff asked Ray back to his place to pose for some pictures. He accepted and... Is this 91 now? Uh, no. Oh. Jeff offers him a drink. Uh, Ray passes out. He gets strangled. Have he drink, Ray. strips the body and had necrophilic sex with it. Oh, dead guy. Yeah. This was the first corpse Dahmer admitted to having sex with, but it, definitely not the last. I mean, it was a fresh corpse. So, so once he had that, yeah, once yeah. he did that, he dismembered the body, threw it out with the trash, all except for the skull. He kept that and painted it like silver or something. Yep, threw me out with the trash. And preserved it, and that marked the beginning of his collection of human souvenirs. Oh, so that was the first strange. thing he saved. On June fourth, in June fourteenth, nineteen ninety, he met Eddie Smith 
Eddie, Eddie Smith, yo. Eddie readily accepted Dahmer's advances, went back to Jeff's apartment where they had oral sex. Afterward, Jeff offered Eddie a drink. So There's he's a just a regular Bill sex. Cosby with his drinks. Yeah, he's Eddie Bill, passes basically out. Bill Cosby. But Jeff strangles hey, him. He's Jeff. He's Bill Cosby without the picture pages. Well, you know, we don't know. Bill Cosby hasn't done these things. Right. Dismembered bodies and thrown them out. But it's fine because he did picture pages. So, so all's forgiven. So then July 8th, 1990, he decides not to drug somebody. and He's going to try to mix it up. So he had a 15-year-old Hispanic kid posing for pictures um, when he picked up a mallet and tried to hit the boy in the head. The kid fought back, eventually escaped, and this kid went to the police, too. And he was, he was Hispanic? Yep, but when he begged police not to was tell his... In, was he a member of Menudo, maybe? Well, he begged the police not to tell his foster parents he was gay, and so then the police decided to leave the whole thing alone. Oh, and they didn't no, even investigate. because everyone frowned upon gay... God, because oh, no. of homophobia, this guy yep. kept going. So then, September 3rd, 1990, he picked up Ernest Miller... Took him home, had interviews. Ernest the Cat Miller? That was a wrestler. Drugged him, and then changed, changed it up a little Miller bit again. tore him up. He didn't strangle Miller. He cut his throat instead. Had to be a different Ernest Miller. And then, after he was dead, he slices off his biceps and puts them in the freezer for some reason. What? And then, upon taking all the flesh from the bone, decides to keep the entire skeleton this time instead of... Well, so he went from, I'm going to keep just yeah. a, a skull, to, I'm going to keep this whole thing. Well, i got to put the biceps in the freezer. Uh, and that's... Yeah, what is that? Yes, I'll put this on. I gotta put the biceps in the freezer. So like, this how, time, what was, what was internal monologue? I, do, I was it like? I mean, who uh, knows? Or jack off on a squirrel. I put these biceps <laughs> in the freezer. Um, so it was around uh, this time that his neighbors start to complain. Take a shit on my because the putrid smell hat. is coming from his apartment. Um, Sorry, he, what was that? This is around this time his neighbors start to complain that th about the smell. Those neighbors need to mind their own business. <laughs> God. So he D Dahmer tells the landlord his fridge is broken and that's why it smells. Oh, that actually makes and sense. He says he's gonna, and oh, that's why it smells like Arby's in here. Yeah. September, October 1990, Jeff met David Thomas. They were drinking in Dahmer's apartment when Jeff gave him his special drink. He and needs to lay down on the drinking. That's too much drinking. So he Jeff didn't want to kill Thomas. For some reason, but but he was worried he might be upset when if he woke up that Jeff had drugged him. So he decided the best thing to do was kill why him anyway. He, why, oh, so yeah, I don't know. I just didn't want to kill him. Yeah, that's what he one said. One of those guys I didn't want to kill. Yeah, not that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Just like, this one guy. One guy, the one time. Like, so he says, "I better just kill him." So he this time he films him. the whole dismemberment and takes photos of his severed head in various positions in the apartment. He's probably like and this and Thomas's sister. Later, had to use those photos to identify him. The photos oh, of his head all around his head, us. all dismembered. Isn't that sick? That's awful. On February eighteenth, ninety-one. He Here we go. We're in nineteen ninety-one. We're gonna take a deep dive. Nineteen ninety-one. He met Curtis Timelines. Curtis wanted to be a model, so Jeff mentions he's gonna pose for pictures again. Hold on. Who's this on February eighteenth, ninety-one? Curtis Strotter. So we need to stop and pause so we can all picture. What February eighteenth, nineteen ninety one was. The timeline of this is Whitney Houston, All the Man That I Need was on the radio. CNC Music Factory, gonna make you sweat. Everybody dance now. Timmy T, one more try. I didn't know how much. All right. I love you. Mariah Carey someday was on. No, this is the timeline. This I is understand. the sh this is the show. The Doors movie was the big movie in the theaters. Um, and this was also Monday, a Monday night. So uh, Fresh Prince was on, Blossom was on, and the specific Blossom episode that was on that night was Thanks for the Memorex, where Blossom watches home movies. Uh, 
So that's what was going on. All if you right. think back to those things, that's what was happening. On February 18th, 1991, is Curtis Stroger. Curtis wanted to be a model, so... Yeah, this is February 18th. Jeff says, why don't you come pose for pictures? And so he was strangled while Jeff while giving Jeff oral sex. Jeffrey kept the skull and painted it to preserve it, and he also decided to keep hands and a penis as well. Ah, this and is this when he started keeping the hands and the penises. Yeah. Um, April 7th, 91, he met Errol Lindsay. April 7th, the top songs were Gloria Estefan's Coming Out of the Dark, London Beat, I've Been Thinking About You, and uh, uh, the top movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. And this, April 7th, was two weeks after WrestleMania 7 when Sergeant Slaughter defends his title against Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter, Amy, just so you know, this was during the Gulf War mm-hmm. and the, the WWF liked to copy off what was going on and they made Sergeant Slaughter turn to the Iraqi side and Hulk Hogan oh. was the, the real American that fought him and he won the title back and right before he pinned Sergeant Slaughter, he rips an Iraqi flag in God, half that's so and dumb. then he wins the, bat, the, the, the belt and then Alex Trebek was the guest ring announcer. And then this happened April 7th. And then, yeah, he met Earl Lindsay, and who was 19 at a local bus stop. Um, he was be- he was paid to come back to the apartment, offered him a drink, and he accepted. He was and paid? Yeah. So was he was like, a prostitute. prostitute. Um, so then, before God. you know it, Jeffrey's, you know, going down on a corpse. How and many, he kept the skull. How many gay again. prostitutes are in Wisconsin? You not, would think that, Not as many as there used to be. You think it's just a bunch of old, uh, like... Like kind of well, hefty. Milwaukee's a big city, though. I know, but I think of all of Wisconsin as just have hefty white ladies in sweaters. Yes, that, it's pretty much eating it. cheese. Then on May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, he met Tony Hughes. May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one was a Friday night, mm-hmm. um, and that was on ABC. It was TJI Friday. You remember that Full House, Dinosaurs, Perfect Strangers, and Family Matters. Yep, they were all reruns because we're in May. It's like Memorial Day weekend, probably. Uh, and Fox aired a show called World's Greatest Stunts, and the top movie was Hudson Hawk, and the top song was Mariah Carey's I Don't Want to Cry. Okay. So he meets him at Club 219 again, back to his old club that he likes so much. Um, Hughes was deaf, and so Dahmer wrote his offer on paper and handed it to him, $50 to pose for some pictures oh and watch gosh. some videos, and he takes him back and drugs him and strangles him and... Then he leaves the corpse around his bedroom for a few days before dismembering it. So, so now he's just getting sloppy. Yeah. He's yeah. like, just, come on, I videotape this shit. I'm leaving yeah. stuff everywhere. Why is you nobody know. finding me? Then on May 27th, do you have that one? Yep. This was a Monday again, so reruns of all those shows. The this is like three days later. Like, he's not taking much of a breath here. It's just a couple of days. Yeah, this is from Friday to Monday. This is the Monday after the weekend that he just started by watching Full House and murdering a guy. Uh, yeah. This is Monday. Uh Fox had a TV movie called Blood Ties about a vampire family who tries to fit in in Long Beach, California. That sounds awful. Um, Mariah Carey's I Don't Want to Cry is still number one. But uh, Extremes More Than Words has come up to number two. And Color Me Bad, I Want a Six, You Up was number three. Such a bad song. I think it's fair to think that Jeffrey Dahmer was listening to that. He probably was, yeah. So, um, Same date. May 27th, 1991. That jogs your memory. Um this this kid was 14 and he was running for his life as trying to escape this apartment where this creepy blonde guy had slipped him some kind of powerful drug and he was started to come around just he, as the guy had left the apartment he so he escaped um it took all his strength he had to get up and get to the door he was so disoriented so and panicked 
Um, he was completely naked. He didn't even care. So this was his only chance to survive. So he was just before 2 a.m. And so he's he's out wandering on the street. So he struggles with Jeffrey first? No, Jeffrey left the apartment when oh, he woke he left. up. Sorry, yeah. So he's like stumbling around the neighborhood. This woman, Sandra Smith, calls 911 to report him running around naked. She didn't know who he was, but she knew he was injured and scared. And Naked. The paramedics naked get and there. afraid. Yep. The paramedics get there, put a blanket around him. Uh, two police officers arrive and Here, naked try guy. to understand what's going on with them. Just blanket. What's going on? Tell me about it. Um, Tell me about a naked guy. So the woman who called the police were standing near the boy when the police arrived. And then the tall blonde man. 911, what's your up. emergency? There's a naked guy running around. I think so he's Jeffrey okay, comes back home while this is going on. Oh, and all the police are comes there? Up, yeah, and he comes up and. Um, I guess you're in my house. He says, no, he's he's my boyfriend. Um, he's just really drunk. And the ladies were getting mad because they thought, no, something's wrong. Um and then Connerick was just too drugged. He couldn't say anything. He, he wasn't able to contradict the guy. Oh and boy. Dahmer gave the police a picture ID. And the two young women, they kept trying to like get it, intervene because they had seen the man trying to resist him before the police arrived. They were angry and upset. The police were ignoring him and listening to the white man instead. Of course. Yep. White man was, was right. And so just to be on the safe side, the two officers went with the boy and the man back to his apartment. Um, the apartment smelled bad, but it was very, also very neat. Uh, and Connerick's clothes were folded and placed on the sofa. And there was a couple of photos of him in black bikini briefs. So Connerick sat quietly on the sofa, still unable to talk. Um, it's not even clear he understood that w- the explanation that Padamar was giving to the police. He was apologizing that his lover had caused a disturbance and promised it wouldn't happen again. Uh, and the police believed him. They had no reason not to. He's well-spoken, he's intelligent, calm. Pretty fly for a white guy. And the Asian kid was apparently drunk and incoherent. And they thought, uh, oh, we're not going to get in the middle of this lover's Asian. quarrel. Uh, so they left. And they were probably like, these gay dudes, we don't know about yep. them. So they left the apartment with Homophobia. him sitting still quietly on the sofa. What a horrible world we live in. They just thought there were more pressing anyone. things for them to do than get involved in this lover's quarrel. Oh. So um, that was the end of him. Then on, on Wisconsin, June thirtieth. That's why I'm not. That's why I don't like the Packers. Yep. Is all this on June thirtieth, nineteen ninety one. He goes to Chicago for the Gay Pride Day. Ooh, Pride. Um, was, while at the bus but depot, but it was not nearly as good in ninety nine one no. as it is now. Well, at the bus depot, he met Matt Turner, another guy. I've been to, be to that a model. bus depot. Um, he talked him into coming back to Milwaukee with him, so he pays for Greyhound bus tickets for both of them, and they soon go. Oh, I've been on that Greyhound bus. Um, once they get to his apartment, same thing: drugs him and strangles him. Cuts off his head, wraps it in a plastic bag, puts oh, it in the freezer. Wait a minute, what happened to his lover, the Asian guy? Well, he killed him. I mean. He did? Yeah. He, he The police left him there. Yeah, but then he died too. We yeah, know oh, that yeah. for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. He's one of the victims. Oh, yeah. He never got away. So Boy, then on July 4th, 91, All he right. decides to go back to Chicago. And while he's there, he meets Jeremiah Weinberger. This is just one year after Eileen Wardos was having that awesome 4th of July yeah, last that's year. Right. And uh, it was he, this guy was 23. Um okay. And he even asked his roommate what he thought of Jeffrey. And the roommate was like, he seems all right, whatever. So Jeremiah decides to go back to Milwaukee with Jeff again, pays for the Greyhound bus tickets. Once they get there, they have sex, and Jeremiah Jeremiah spends the night. But when he got sick of having sex with Jeff, he said he was going to go home. Jeff said fine, then offered him a farewell drink, which was drugged. And that's then he strangled him, and he was one of the heads found in the freezer. 
on July 12, 1991. He meets Oliver Lacey, who's 23. They go back to Jeffrey's apartment, have a drink, fool around. Jeffrey strangles him. Then for the first time, he decides to get into um, more necrophilic acts. Um, I thought he already did that. Well, he was doing oral sex with the bodies before, uh, and now he decides to go full on. Wait, he was sucking them off while they're yes. dead? Yes. But you can't. Yes. They don't I don't know. I don't want to think about that. Um, so then he. Sl- I, no, this is where it stops for me. Everything no. else makes sense, but <laughs> how, why are you blowing a dead guy? I don't know. I it don't can't know. blow you. No, that's right. No, I'm sorry. I don't know. I Everything don't else wanna, is fine. No. Putting the dead head in the freezer is fine, yeah, but I'm blowing not, it? No, I'm not. So thinking about say, that. I'm not going to think about that right guy. now. So then he slices off the right bicep and ate it. And that was the first time he, he like, cannibalized. Oh, that's when he first started. Oh, he wasn't eating them before this? No. Oh. Um, One time I saw a piece of graffiti that said, Dave S. blows dead bears. Maybe that's true. <laughs> so then like, he, you can't blow dead bears. He put, so he so puts his head in the fridge next to an open box of Arm & Hammer baking soda. Well, that'll help clean. That's right. And his heart in the freezer okay. to eat later. Oh, and he also put other body parts in the freezer and the rest of it in the trash. I guess I thought he was eating this stuff all along. He, he kept the, the entire skeleton. Um, and it was at this time that he was suspended from his job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. I forgot to tell you, he oh, worked at a chocolate all this factory time he the worked whole at a time. Chocolate factory. So if you've eaten Ambrosia chocolate, uh, in Jeffrey, the 90s, uh, we're gonna have to just cut ties with you. It's yeah. the uh, it's the penises you keep putting and the biceps you well, keep putting in the. And let's just hope that Ambrosia. Chocolate what if nah, what if we ate it? Upon. What if we ate that chocolate? I love chocolate. In the nineties, ambrosia chocolate. What if we ate it and he had touched it? It's generally frowned upon uh, to put biceps, human biceps, in a chocolate. And that's uh, what you think. The top braided penises, <laughs> yeah. and juggling them and putting them in a chocolate. It's frowned upon, Stephen. That's We're gonna right. have to let you go, so, be Jeffrey. So he was. He had spent too many days in, at off work at home. So he got real mad when he got fired. Um, oh, wait, that's what he got fired for? Not coming into work? Yes. Not for all the, anything? They didn't know anything else. Not for killing a bunch of gay dudes? So then on July 19th, 1991, he meets Joseph Braidhoft at a local bus stop. Okay, this is the guy that's going to save the day. No, Joseph Braid. No? It's it's not. Um, oh, he meets him. It was pouring down rain. Come on, Joe. And Take care of he, gave, he had a six-pack of beer on him, so they decided to go back to Jeff's uh, to party. Uh, once there, they had oral sex, then Dahmer drugs and strangles him, sleeps with the body for the next few days until the head became infested with maggots. Oh, Ooh. so he banged it until yes. the maggots. Huh? Yes. Now, he decided not to freeze this one. Well, or he cleans it. it and puts it in the freezer with the heads of the other two guys that are in there. And he put he the torso. He must have really liked to bang that dead guy. I guess. He placed the torso in a 57-gallon barrel in the bedroom. At this point, he seems to have very little control and care very little, and he, he starts getting sloppy. Do you, you think something was maybe wrong with him, Jeffrey Dahmer? This doesn't seem like normal behavior to me. No, I think there's something wrong with him. Okay, so now we are to our final victim that I started uh, the top of the hour Oh, see, I with. thought the last guy was the... No, Tracy the Edwards. Song. Tracy Edwards. Tracy Edwards. So Tracy Edwards uh, was the story at the top, and that is how he got caught. So... His bail was originally set at a million dollars. What date was this? July 22nd, 1991. Oh, July 22nd, 1991. They set his bail for $1 million. And then on, on August 6th, it was raised to $5 million when eight more murder charges were added. In the end, he had 15 murder charges against him. The longest sentence he muttered at any of the preliminary hearings was, I understand, Your Honor, when the judge asked if he understood the charges. On July 13th, 92, 
He ignored his lawyer's advice and changed his plea to guilty, but that he was insane. And on, according to the Milwaukee, Don Davis and the Milwaukee Murders, which is a book, the declaration turns the case on its head. Now, instead of having to prove his man did not commit the murders, the defense attorneys would unroll one of the goriest tapestries ever seen in an American courtroom. His task was to conv convince the jury that Dahmer was crazy because only an insane person would do the things he did. Two detectives took turns reading the 160-page confession. It was a catalog of sexual perversions. Detective Dennis Murphy stated that Dahmer felt a tremendous amount of guilt because of his actions. He felt thoroughly evil. Then he quoted from Donner's, Dahmer's own confession. It's hard for me to believe that a human being could have done what I've done, but I know that I did. He claims that his fear of being caught was overwhelmed by his excitement of being completely in control. It's hard to believe that a human being could do what I've done. The battle of psychiatrists over whether he was legally responsible and able to control himself seemed to confuse the jury. The attorney drew a chart for the jury, which he read them off quickly. Skulls in locker, cannibalism, sexual urges, drilling, uh, making testicles. zombies, ne necrophilia, Eating drinking biceps. alcohol, trying to create a shrine, Keeping lobotomies, defleshing, calling taxidermists, going to graveyards. Banging a dead body until maggots. Masturbating. That's the last one he says. Not creating picture pages. Masturbating? Yeah, he says masturbating. <laughs> the last also, masturbation is just the same as yeah, all of this. This is Jeffrey Dahmer, a runaway train on a track of madness. Not, not creating picture pages. And then the prosecutor rebutted. He wasn't a runaway train. He was the engineer. He was satisfying his extraordinary sexual cravings. Ladies and gentlemen, he's fooled a lot of people. Please don't let this murderous killer fool you. The but jury, he is white, so... Yeah, the jury deliberated for five hours, decided he did not deserve to spend the rest of his life in a hospital, but in a prison cell. Boom. On all 15 counts, he was guilty. He wrote an Boom. apology to the judge, covering a 13-year bloodbath. He said, Your Honor, it is now over. This has never been a case of trying to get free. I don't even want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to f tell the world that I did what I did, but not for the reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew that I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness, and now I have some peace. I know how much harm I have caused. Thank God there will be no more harm that I can do. I believe that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save me from my sins. I ask for no consideration. He was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms. Um... All of this while Summertime was the number five <laughs> song on the radio by Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince. He adjusted very well to prison life at uh, the Columbia Correctional Institute in Portage, Wisconsin. He's probably better there than he was anywhere else. Well, right? initially he wasn't part of the general population of the prison because that would have jeopardized his safety. Can't put him in Gen Pop. As it was, he was... I saw Orange is the New Black. He would have been toast. Yeah. As it was, he was attacked July 3rd, 94, while attending a chapel service by a Cuban who he had never seen before. While in prison, he was sued twice for $3 billion, and even though he had no money at all, he, he was a model prisoner. Yeah. And he convinced the prison authorities to allow him more contact with other inmates. Okay. He was able to eat in communal areas, and he was given some janitorial work to do with other teams of inmates. Then, on the morning of November 28, 94, he was working bathroom cleanup detail, paired up with two highly dangerous men. Jesse Anderson, a white man who had murdered his wife and blamed it on a black man. And God, if they all fucking do that. Christopher Scarver, a black delusional schizophrenic who thought that he was the son of God. Uh, who, was. They, who was in prison for first degree murder. So it's not difficult to imagine how Scarver views Dahmer, who's butchered all these black men, and Anderson. It was a disastrous combination. So 20 minutes after they started... A prison guard came by to check on them and found Dahmer lying face down in a pool of blood with his head bashed in. Wait, what were they doing together? They were cleaning the bathroom. Cleaning the bathroom. The other white inmate was lying in a pool of blood in one of the showers. So upon arriving at the hospital, Dahmer was pronounced dead. So this black dude killed both of them? Mm -hmm. Good for him! Jesse Anderson died shortly after from having a, his head bashed against the floor and walls repeatedly. 
They compared his injuries to those of a car accident. Man. Scarver claimed, God told me to do it. At any rate, he probably he, did, man. He received another life sentence for his actions. Jeffrey was cremated, and his parents, He's were, the son of God, who are divorced, each received half of his remains after a court battle over his ashes. We probably have the son of God in prison. We're so probably. his parents had a court battle over his ashes, and they each received half of his ashes. Jeffrey Dahmer's? Yeah. What do they want him for? I don't know. To probably maybe they're the murder same them. Way. To probably eat them and yeah. So that's the life and times of Mr. Jeffrey Lionel and, Dahmer. And that was 1991, folks. Yeah, I remember when I heard about that. I about, I was fascinated. I yeah, couldn't believe you, it. Yeah, I know. You mentioned you've mentioned it every day of our marriage. Jeffrey Dahmer, this. Jeffrey Dahmer, that. That's not true. My wife loves murderers and murderers. Uh, so this has been this has gone on long enough. Yeah, all I need to do is splice in some what happened in wrestling in 1991. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to hit the can. This has been another episode of American Timelines. American Timelines, and we thank you. And uh, this is uh, Grover Cleveland Steamer and Amy, and that was Joe. Goddamn. Signing off.